0: I'm going to be sharing my screen, Ezra Hashem, in a minute to learn through the sources with you. But I want to begin by sharing that I was Zochat B'Siyat Shmaya to be an Uman for Rosh Hashanah. And it was the most remarkable experience. It would take much longer than the time allotted for this year to describe what that was and some of my feelings about the experience and experiences that I that I experienced um, on the way there during the actual Chag and on the very, very long travel back. Um, It was about 19 hours of traveling because you can't fly directly into Ukraine, so you have to fly into a bordering country um, and fly out of a bordering country. Um, All of the bordering countries pretty much are about a seven to 10-hour drive from Uman. Uh, So just remarkable Mesir Nefesh on the part of all the chevra that participated. And there was an extra energy of intensity for that reason there was a there was a sense there was a feeling that anyone who was there had to have been through a whole lot to be able to get there both in terms of preparing oneself to actually make the decision which isn't the most obvious decision in the world to go to a country during during wartime every single person had a Bilbal hadas, and there wasn't absolute clarity we don't have prophets today um, and so every person had to go through a, a, a a, a clarification process beforehand. And then the actual going about traveling to make it there was not without its, its challenges and difficulty. Um, and like the mission and Pirkei tells us, the Fumsara Agra, in accordance with the effort and the toil and the, and the energy that's put in, so too is the, is the reward. And so ultimately, if we can apply the same kind of model and construct to, to what we're going through now, Be'ezus Hashem, and the Aser Tshuva, the lead-up to Yom Kippur, every Yom Kippur is special, every Aser is special, but the more intense the challenges toward fully experiencing that which is available for us to experience during these days, the more turbulent times are, the more challenging internally, externally, our spiritual experience is, and the more barriers there are that are preventing us from accessing spirituality, the more precious it is and the more we ought to rejoice when we're able to make an effort personally and all the more so collectively, all these women from all around the world, collectively setting aside the time now to be able to try our best to prepare ourselves to do hachanah, to prepare ourselves to make a vessel so that we don't come into Yom Kippur you know, just having been shoved into a new space and, and completely disoriented, we come in with Yishav Hadas. So even before we begin, just to acknowledge that it's not simple. And and there are many, many more women, Bazar Hashem, who in the future years will participate who for one reason or another didn't have the Yishav Hadas to say, hey, this is something worth investing in. So first to congratulate ourselves that we're among those who are Mavakshe Hashem and there should be tremendous joy and tremendous pride in that. Um ezrus Hashem Yisbarach, and just on account of that alone, we should be Zocha to a gemar and a gutke ben a sweet year full of good news up ahead with Hashem's help. Okay, so I'm going to share my screen. We're going to go through some of the sources together, and I myself am still recovering, so apologies if my voice isn't as clear as it uh, as it as it often is. Um, it's been it's been quite the couple of days. <laughs> it really has. Okay, so let's uh, let's jump into it together. And Beshem Hashem nasevenatsliach. Let me just make sure I'm gonna be able to scroll. Okay. Okay. Yeah, my scroll hasn't been working so well. Second. Okay. So what we're gonna to do today with Hashem's help, is go through a few fundamental sources relating to the mitzvah of vidui, which is paramount to the process of tshuva. We know from the Rambam that tshuva has three steps, and they're very easy. They're very easy steps. Tshuva is not difficult. Tshuva is very easy. Tshuva means to return. And of course, while we are returning to Hashem in tshuva, we're primarily returning to ourselves, to our true selves, to that place where we are most essentially us. And there's nothing closer to, to me than me, right? It's the closest thing in the world. It's, it's, it's the easiest thing to do. It's just one step onto the path that's already so baked into my foundation, my essence. So these three easy steps of tshuva, which we're going to engage with, Basr HaShem, on Yom Kippur, HaBa'aleinu Litova, are Harata al ha'avar, regret for the ways that we've lived in the past. Kabbalah al ha'asid, accepting upon ourselves to do whatever it is in our power to attempt to live in a more elevated way. And then vidui, to speak out and to delineate all of those areas where we feel that we've fallen short of living up to the potential encapsulated in our essential greatness. And so first we're going to take a look at two sources that talk about some of the inner workings of vidui, what it is and how it works and what we are accomplishing when we say ashamnu, baganu, gazanu, and so on. And then we are going to look a little bit more deeply in the third source at a foundational perspective that can help us reframe the message that Vidoy holds. That's going to be from Rev Cook, And then in the fourth and fifth source, we're going to learn some compassionate perspectives that will enable us to come into Vidoy aware of the gravity of the moment and the gravity of living the way that we've been living up until now, which is not perfectly ideal but at the same time to be able to have a bit of a broader-minded perspective on the behaviors that we've been engaged in and understanding the Omech, the deepest, deepest, deepest secret of how tshuva works when our essential holiness is revealed on the day of Yom Kippur. So, we daven that we should have siyata dashmai to present the ideas clearly and in a time-efficient manner, and we will try to leave time at the end for discussion. Says the Heilige Tzemach Tzadek, the third Rebbe of Lubavitch, in his Sefer Derech Mitzvah And the Tzaddik says, Ki It's known to all, that the external negative spiritual forces that are created whenever there's an absence or an apparent absence of Kedusha, just like tuma is created when Kedusha is absent paramount, the, the primary example of this is Tumas Mase, the impurity of a dead body, which is produced when the soul leaves the body and there's a vacuum of holiness. So there's an illusory experience of darkness, of Toma, that from our perspective can be very real. So Kimuda it's known shahaklipah, is that these forces... These external shells that cover over the light of Hashem's presence, Yeshlem Gamkin Nefesh VeGuf, they too, just like everything in the side of holiness, in the side of the experience that we experience of life, just like life has light and vessels. In other words, the soul and the body internal and external, spiritual and physical, so too because Hashem created the world in a system of parallels, as the Pasuk tells us, (speaking) Hashem created this in parallel to that, and so the side of Kedusha has its identical parallel on the side of Tomach, those forces also have lights and vessels, a soul and a guf. Now what, what does that mean? That these spiritual forces of darkness that seek to pursue us, as the Gemara tells us, Tsoifa U'Mavakish the Pasakantilam tells us, the evil one, the wicked one, seeks after the tzadik and intends to destroy him. And the Gemara darshins. the Gemara tells us who is this wicked one? It's the internal wicked force. The Nachashakadmoni, the primordial snake. That convinced Adam and Chava to do the one avera that there that there was to do, the one thing they were they were commanded not to do, and that after the chei, as the and other Sepharim tell us, that snake became embodied, so that now it's a par, it's a part of us, even though it's not mamish us, but it's an internal voice. That voice, the Gemara says, "Hu asatan, hu a tzahara, hu It's all the same fellow. It's all the same force. And so when it comes to these forces that we contribute to and that we feed when we give in to our lower tendencies, what's the aspect of soul and body? What's the aspect of light and vessel? Says the Heleget Semach Tzadik, this light and vessel, this soul and body of this force inside, it's a very real being. It's a, it's a very real force. We construct, chas v'shalom, this soul and body by virtue of the experience of sin in whatever form. Because through the desire to do something that we know we're not supposed to do, to speak in a way that we know we're not supposed to speak, to make a choice, whatever choice it is that lies in front of us in a given moment that we know deep down, this is not the ratz Hashem, this is not what Hashem wants. Through the desire to do that thing, or to say that thing. This creates the soul, so to speak, the spirit of that entity, and through the actual doing of the thing, that solidifies and gives this entity that first was just by, by, by virtue and the, on the level of our desire, was more spiritual, more ethereal. Maybe it existed in a higher plane, but we bring it down into an embodied force that can actually impact us. It can impact our mood. It can impact our tendency to continue on that path. Avera, goreras, avera. It contributes to all kinds of, of maladies, physical and spiritual and emotional and so on and so forth. We give it a guf, chas through the maisah. Through the actual acting, in the way that we desire, that we know is not aligned with the will of God. And this is the mystical secret of the Pasuket Tehillim, when David HaMalik says, And my sin is constantly across from me, aside me. It's in front of me all the time. Sha klipa. what was Davanamel referring to he was referring to this force sha adam oise, that we construct we are responsible for constructing this force we don't appreciate how significant it is when chas we give into that tendency even if we think it's something that doesn't relate to anyone else it's not being adam lavero l- it's, it's 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 not something that is damaging someone else it's just in private no one knows whatever it is it's a real thing; it has real, real um, significance. So, we're contributing to the force that's trying to take us down. And we don't realize. Right? that what we suffer is, it's our own it's our own creation. That our actions are significant. Now we don't even need to talk in the classical sense of chas you know, in the next world, what well, we'll have to suffer. That's that's much more juvenile. Vis-a-vis the much more elemental and embodied experience of the fact that we construct our reality in this world. In this world. P'ol adam yushalim lay. That ultimately whatever we put in is, is what we're going to get out. And so David HaMalach was saying, negdi whatever it is that I'm encountering, whatever emotional blocks and whatever is preventing me from living a life of openness and clarity and positivity and so on and so forth, in a strange way, it's it's my own construction. It's my own chet that's negdi samid that I'm constantly encountering. So then, when a person engages in this great remarkable gift of tshuva, kishashav, when a person comes forth and seeks to return. As I tzarach laham we've got to be slaying the demon, Amish demon slaying. We have to be deconstructing that being that we constructed. To completely clear it out of our field of vision, out of our experience. Kedersiv, as the pasuk says in Ishayo, Mechisi Kaav Hashem says, "I want to remove your sin like a like a dark cloud, where everything lifts, and all of a sudden we can live with Yishavadas again, with open mindedness again, with clarity again, compassion for, our, for ourselves, for others, clarity about what life is and what it isn't." So how do we do that? Says the Tzemar this is the secret of vidui. It is the regret that's latent within, enumerating with our mouths the sins that we've transgressed. Through the regret and through reflecting on the enormity of sin and understanding how deeply it's impacted every strata of our existence. We're going to talk more about that in the context of source number two. But even more, even Beyond that, how it's affected other people. And that's why the tzadikim say all of the words that we use to enumerate our sins is in Lushan Rabim is plural, knew, all of us. And the realization is, is that as Darizal tells us, even if a person knows absolutely with total clarity that that person has not done one of those things, the person knows I have not stolen anything my, either in my life or this year since last Yom Kippur, says that we still have to say it because all of Am Yisrael is in this together. And that means that all of us experience our aspect of that darkness that we spoke about, that force, that snake that's inside. But ultimately, collectively as a nation, all of us are quasi-responsible and all of us are quasi-affected by all of the misaligned choices of all other members of the nation. So when a person recognizes this and we say, okay, this is a big deal, this is a really big deal. Life really matters, and our choices are significant. And a person says, okay, I'm going to open my heart to the gift of Yom Kippur, to the gift of Tshuva. So when a person has charata, they look back and they regret. And they say, wow, like that's not, that's not how I want next year to look. charata <laughs> through this experience of regret, these feelings, <laughs> that a person detaches the initial will that a person had to do the hate in a moment of what Chazal described as a ruach shtus, a moment of a spirit of folly, when a person doesn't see the big picture, when a person gets sucked into a lower level of consciousness, and in that place, the person wanted to do that Avera. So now, standing on the platform, this elevated plateau, this elevated mountain peak of Yom Kippur, which we'll talk about more, the person says, hey, you know, I never really wanted to do that. A person sucks the soul out of the sin. A person thinks back and says, from this place of wakefulness, I, I, if I would have had this insight, I, I, I never would have done that thing. That's not what I wanted. You know what we do? We just removed the soul of that being. Take it out. Because again, where did that soul, so to speak, come from? It came from that initial desire. But through charata, we remove it. Now that a person uproots that initial desire, that a person thought they actually wanted that thing, and now they say, if I would have known, how that would have contributed to my own downfall and who I thought that I was, I was buddying up with. I mean, it's the nachash. It's the deepest, deepest snake. It's not just the Yitzhar that seeks to give me a good time and maybe one day I'll pay for it later. No, no, no. This is the Satan. This is not just, you know, a, a fun game. This is, this is mamish real. He's trying to kill me. He's trying to destroy my life. He's trying to prevent me from living. Mamish living. We suck out the soul. But in order to remove the body, that there should be no remnant at all, not on any plane of existence. This is what we're doing when we use our physical body, our mouth, which Chazal described, as he says, "That even though speech is dibur, right? It's 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 not meisah. It's not a physical action. Speech is a different category." Ultimately, say Chazal, because the act of speaking engages the physical body and one cannot speak, unless you're a, a super talented ventriloquist, but a person ordinarily cannot speak without moving some part of their mouth or their tongue or their teeth and so on, that gets the body involved. And when we say vidoy with a proper goof with our mouths, and a proper neshama, which is charata, we destroy the soul and the body of this being, this nachash, that we feed, that we contribute to, Avera Gerera Saveira, and we clean everything away, the cloud lifts, and we march into Sukkot with total clarity, total cleanliness. This is a bit of the Pneumius, a deeper understanding of Vidoy, so that we can go into Vidoy with a little bit of understanding and consciousness of what we're going to be engaging with ten times over Yom Kippur. Once by Mincha, once by Mariv, and then, eight times during the other four tefilahs when we say vidui in our own Shmona Esrei and then again in Chazar Sashat, which we'll discuss now. And this completely destroys that being and it cleans us out. Guf and Nefesh, Charata and Okay, just opening up the sugya a little bit. It's important to interject here that all the Sfar say that tshuva specifically, but certainly, vidoy, which is the essence of tshuva, as we're learning, needs to be done with joy, with simcha. Needs to be done with simcha, with the awareness of the gift that we're being given. It's not a sad thing. It's not a heavy thing. On the contrary, it would be sad if we didn't have vidoy. If we were saying the non-vidoy, and, and you know, it was, we were doing the opposite of vidoy, that would be the saddest thing in the world. Because then it would be that we're hopeless. But Yom Kippur is the happiest day in the year. And there's no happier moment of Yom Kippur than Vidui. Because that's when the cleaning is happening. So it doesn't mean it's easy. We don't we're not wearing a clown nose. You know, it's it's not them. The mood is is intense because we're doing real work. But underlying all the work has got to be the greatest joy in the world. The greatest joy. And the pleasure that Hashem takes from our going through the process. We can't imagine it. So much so that the Sfas Emes once said, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, during Vidu HaKadosh he says, he says, what would the world look like without sin? Where would you get such sweet viduyim from? Without chet. Right? It's like we bring Hashem such a nachas ruach, that it was worth for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to create the possibility for a person to do things that he then needs to do vidway for because of the great pleasure that it brings Hashem when a Jew taps into his or her essence and begins to look back at those experiences with a broader, with a broader sense of consciousness. For the next piece, we need a little bit of haktama outside. And haktama is as follows. Everybody knows, we spoke about this a little bit in the context of the previous piece, that each human being is a guf and a nefesh, is a body and a soul. It's one of the most fundamental ideas in in Judaism, in any spiritual tradition, is the realization that we're not just physical beings, but we have a spiritual element. That's the foundation for ruchnias, right? Foundation for any kind of spiritual engagement. But what's less familiar to most is that it's not just this thing called the neshama, but it's more detailed, it's more specific. The neshama actually has five different portions, five different elements or layers. And those five are, we're going to do this quickly because we still have a lot to get to, those five are nefesh, ruach, neshama, chaya, and yechidah They're also called in the Kabbalah Svarim by the Rosh naran chay. Nefesh, ruach, neshama, Chaya and Yechida. Very difficult to translate in English because so many of these words also have the translation soul, right? Nefesh is a soul. Neshama is a soul, right? But in Hebrew, they're totally different words with different shorashim and they refer to different parts of the human functionality. Very basically, Nefesh, Ruach, and Neshama correspond respectively to Misa, which is action, that's Nefesh. Ruach is speech. And neshama is thought. All of human functionality can essentially be split into these three categories action, speech, and thought. These are three completely different areas of human functioning. We call this nefesh, ruach, and neshama. And this is what we have access to on a regular day of the week. Generally speaking, we function within these three layers of our functioning. We're either acting, we're speaking or we're thinking and hopefully whatever we're saying is suffused by machshava and whatever we're acting is suffused by machshava, right? Hopefully, we're acting mindfully and we're speaking mindfully. And this is on a regular day of, of the year, on a regular day of the week. And that is why there are three Tfilos on a regular day, shachars, mincha, and marev corresponding to nefesh, ruach, and neshama. The fourth layer is called chaya. And that layer is where we are still us, with our embodied consciousness. We experience ourselves as separate beings, but we are aware of the way in which the ultimate purpose of life is to come to the awareness that all of me with my actions, speech, and thought are for the purpose of becoming nullified to the light of the Creator. That's called Chaya. That's the essence of life. The essence of life is is Bittel, is a place that's beyond my action, speech, and thought. It's a higher purpose. This energy we encounter on every Shabbos and Yontiv where there are four tefillahs, Shachris, Mincha Marev, and Musaf. On Yamim Tovim and Shabbos, we plug into the outlet of clarity in terms of why we're alive and we're able to tap into that place of Chaya, the living life force. And each Yantiv gives us that taste of that higher purpose that we then channel into our everyday action, speech, and thought. Each Yantiv does that in a different way. But the highest level of the soul, which is called Yechida, which means unique essence, is the place where our soul is synonymous with its source, with a capital S, which is Hashem. It's the place where we are indistinguishable from our spiritual source in total and unconditional and everlasting holiness. It's the place which is always pure. It's the pintaliyid, that just drop of, of pulsating goodness that no action, thought, word, or even corrupted worldview can ever blemish and it's the essential essence the soul of the soul that abides within the deepest deepest parts of our being our spiritual makeup now this part of our soul we only encounter once a year and that day is the day of Yom Kippur and that's why in Yom Kippur there are five tefillos ni'ilah that added fifth tefillah where we have access to that layer, to that level. Now four out of these five layers of the soul can be blemished. We can blemish in our actions. We can blemish using our speech. We can blemish by thinking impure thoughts. And we can cause a blemish to the holistic worldview of the person, where we can be living chassidishal empowered by the wrong kind of motivation, and for this, we need four layers of rectification. We need four layers of rectification, just like if a person goes through a four-story building and 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 destroys everything in the first floor and then destroys everything on the second floor and then on the third floor and then on the fourth floor, they have to go layer by layer by layer and fixing up and making seder in the first layer and then in the second layer and then in the third layer and then in the fourth layer. And this is what we're doing when we say vidoi in four out of the five tfilos of the day. Four out of the five tfilos of the day have vidoy? There is no vidoy in ni'ila. There is no vidoy in ni'ilah because ni'ilah is keneged, that part of us that's called Yachida, where no sin can ever touch. So there need not be vidoy in that place because we've never blemished that place. That place is unblemishable. That place is the place which powers our tshuva process. It's a place that's l'malem mizman. It's a place that's l'malem amakom. It's a place that's beyond us. It's a place of a gift that we channel and we use to reconnect and to cleanse all the different layers of the place where we've blemished. With that introduction, we take a look at this teaching from, from the Sifsechein. And, and he says here, In each tfilah, we say, vidoy. We go ahead and we are clarifying and purifying one level for each level of the soul. Mikalich from every kind of blemish, like we said before, all the different ways in which our sins can cause the construction of an alternate reality that we can slip into, which is an which is a reality of anti emuna. It's a reality of anxiety. It's a reality of stress. It's a reality of heaviness. It's a reality of the illusion of our, of control. And then when things don't go right, we fall apart. All of that. We construct that reality. We have to cleanse that on Yom Kippur. We have to reconnect ourselves to the awareness of Ein ode Milvado, which means Hashem runs the world, which means that everything that happens is yak, is okay. Even, crazily enough, our entire journey with all the mountains and valleys that brought us to this moment in time, it's completely infused with the awareness that Hashem runs His world perfectly. And now, we're accepting upon ourselves to engage in a new year, with the consciousness that Hashem runs the world and see what a difference that will make in my life and in your life. That's the whole thing of Yom Kippur. But now every action, speech, thought, and perspective, which are nefesh, ruach, neshama, and chaya, they each have an outside and an inside. Something akin to what we spoke about earlier, the nefesh and the guf. So, earlier we said that we address the guf and the nefesh, the outside and the inside, through the process of vidui itself. And it's true. Because in vidui we said there's charata, there's the feeling inside that gets rid of the nefesh, and then there's the actual saying of vidui which gets rid of the guf. True. Here we're saying on a more meta level, maybe on a more collective, klausura level, we take care of those two elements. By our own personal Vidui during Shemana Esrei, and then Chazaras Hashat. Pnimius and Chitzonius. There are two Vidois, per tefillah to take care of the Chitzonius and the Pnimius. And he says, the Ha Vidui, We do Vidui two times, Bitfila's halachash first in the whispered fila, and then of Chazaras Hashat, and then in the Repetition. Because again, there is the body and soul of every action, thought, word, and perspective. And as we go through this building, that we've caused some disarray or some destruction in this four-story building, we go from level to level and we're so privileged and we're so full of joy that we have the privilege to make right what we made wrong. And we put together level number one and then level number two and then level number three and level number four, but each of these layers has a Pneumius and a So, we need to wash out these two Chalakim. M'tchil and First, we do video we in our own Shmana esrei. habagam shana Shall We are cleaning out the externality of the chelik of the nefesh, which we can say is the individual sin and the sin as it relates to or impacts or affects the individual person in Klal Yisrael, because that's our own personal shmona esrei. Uvechazares then when we do Vidwe in the in the Chazaras Hashats, because the Shliach Tzibor is literally that, he's a messenger of the whole Tzibor, that's the panemius of our neshama. We spoke a little bit about this, if you remember, I think it was with the Chizik mission when we had our pre-Tisha of Shmuz, remember we spoke about how each member of Amisrael is an individual only Bechitzayinus, and the e- external we're all, the one soul of Kla Yisrael, remember we said? So it's the same thing here. In our own personal Shmana Esray, we are cleansing the way the sin impacted one of the four levels of our own individual experience and existence. Then, in the repetition in the Shliach Tzibor's repetition of, of, of Shemana Esrei, when we do um, Vidoy again, this is as it relates to the whole Kla. How that impacted all of Am Yisrael, how that derailed in whatever small way the ultimate vision and journey of the and mission of the entire Jewish nation. Here are two perspectives that can help us just understand on a deeper level what vidui is and how it plays such a crucial, fundamental role in fixing what was broken. Here we take a look. A look at Rav and in Oiras HaTshuva. Where Rav Kuk gives us a little bit broader of an understanding of what energy should pervade. Our saying of Vidoy, which we said before, should be powered by great joy. What exactly is this great joy? What lesson does Vidoy hold? Says the shall chuva, One of the foundations of adam that a person holds within his or her mind. Who are karas, Adam Chuva needs to be founded on the awareness that we are responsible for our actions. Otherwise, chuva is not possible. The process of chuva is not possible unless a person says, I need to fix what I broke. Amunas Adam. When we recognize we have free choice. We are not compelled by anything. We can decide how we want to live. And this is what we're doing when we say, which like we said, is so bound to such an elemental and fundamental part of the tshuva process, the great mitzvah of tshuva, that of course, like any mitzvah, needs to be done with great joy. And tshuva is no different. Shem Adam that a person says, Sha'in Shum inyinacha, there's nothing that I can blame, so to speak, that I can blame my sin on. it was I who asham. It was I who bagad, ashamnu nu, bagad nu nu dibarnu daifi. A person says, yeah, I did these things. I acted of my own agency, of my own free will. Wow, so this brings us to an incredibly deep foundation for the capacity to change. Because once I clarify for myself that it was I who chose freely to do these things, which is founded on my awareness that I have what's what's called in the words of Rav Kook, I have free agency, I have absolute capacity to choose. That I can choose to break, which means that I can choose to direct my life in the way that I want to direct my life, says Rav Cook. This is amazing. This is Mamash Rabbi Nachman. If you believe that you can break, so then believe that you can fix. So to speak, while the person is in the middle of saying, I did this wrong and I did that wrong and so on. The omek of that is, I can choose and I chose in the past to do things that weren't right. Guess what? I'm choosing now to take a new path. With that same freedom of choice, I can choose to fix and I put it in bold because this is the point. He cleans before him as to return to Hashem. That I have total freedom to change my life for the better. That's the simcha of vidwe That's the lesson of vidui. That it's not only that I have free choice to sin, but that if I have free choice, I want to change that will be successful he recognizes that all the while that he's plugged into this higher level of consciousness which is Yom Kippur, which gives us access, like we said before, to the fifth layer of our soul, where we are absolutely bound up with Hashem where at the very end of vidu, at, I'm sorry, at the very end of niila, we scream at Hashem that every apparent experience of this worldly physicality, which is called elo-kim, teva, it's all Hashem hu-ele-kim. There is no world. There is no me. There is no anything. There is Hashem and Hashem alone. That's the highest Giloy, the highest revelation of the essence of the Jew. Which is why on Yom Kippur, there's no physical, there's nothing physical, no eating and no drinking and no any pleasure. We stand in white like angels, like Malachim. Removed from this world, not just removed from acting or speaking or even thinking or even the holistic experience of being a human being in this world. It's beyond. Totally clean, totally white, totally above, totally beyond. And from that place, I can start fresh. I can start to live in alignment with my true essence that's always aware of the truth that there is only a Kodesh Baruch Hu. And there's only one will that I have inside of me, which is to be, to be bound up with Hashem. That's bound up with the Torah, the Torah that we have inside of us, the Torah of Emuna, the Torah of living life open with total consciousness at any moment. That brings us back to life. So all of this can be pretty heavy though, it can be very heavy. Because we said before, specifically in the context of the teaching from Rav Cook, that when a person comes into Vidway, a person comes into Yom Kippur and a person is thinking about the Tzemach Tzedek, wow, there are beings that I've constructed that are very real, that are seeking to take me down and that will take me down if I follow this path to the, to the ultimate extent. Chas V'Shalom, emotionally, in mental health, in my in my spiritual journey, even physically, it could bring illnesses, Chas V'Shalom, on a person. I, I don't want to take that path, but that's what I've been contributing to. It's very heavy. And a person thinks about the four layers of the building that we've destroyed, Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, Chai. Oh, wow, it's so heavy, it's so intense. And like Rav Cook says, a person comes into vidoy with the awareness that it's I who chose this, it's It's me. It can be so remarkably heavy that chas v'shalom, a person can be in such despair that we never even get to the healthy experience of tshuva that we said should be filled with joy because a person says, chas v'shalom, I can't fix. The extent of that which I've constructed is so magnificently terrifying. It's so absolutely gargantuan that that it's beyond me, chas v'shalem. And so that's why the tzaddikim said we have to go with this awareness of all of what we spoke about now. But at the same time, a person needs healthier perspectives to also be able to go into Vidoy with a broader awareness that yes, I've chosen what I've chosen and I've built what I've built, but my life is not lived in a vacuum. And that the place that I find myself in, influenced by what I find myself influenced by, that thereby puts me in situations where I've been compelled to choose in ways that I know are unbecoming of me. I need to recognize that that story started a long time ago. It started long before I ever heard of sin. It started in my childhood. Experiences, traumas, circumstances that have put me in certain situations where I feel one way or another I didn't have as clear a clarity as a person who may not have experienced what I've experienced and then I realized that it didn't even, it didn't even start in my lifetime and may have started in my parents' lifetime and certain ways that previous generations impact our emotional and spiritual journey. And that gives a person the chizuk necessary to say, sure, I'm ready to take responsibility and I'm ready to do everything in my power to cleanse going forward. But I need a little bit of chizuk as well, a little bit of clarity so that when I come into the vidui, I come in with a big perspective. A perspective that my sins have been influenced in some way by a long story that goes beyond my personal journey in in this lifetime. And that, in my doing tshuva, I'm rectifying not only the demon that I've built, but even that being, that satanic figure that's been generations in construction, that now has found itself embedded in my emotional being, that I can fix now and I can heal and I can cleanse generations worth of disorder and dysfunction. And this sounds again it could sound very like you know like, like out of a modern psychology book to help us recognize intergenerational trauma and, and so on but I'm reading to you from the Noam Elimelech from Ljansk who didn't hear of any textbook of, of any kind. The Noam Elimelech says this openly and let's read it together because you wouldn't believe me if I didn't show it to you this is in Vayishlach. says the tzaddik he says did you ever wonder why before when we before we start to say we are not sadikim to say that we haven't sinned at all we and our fathers have sinned says the name i don't get it leave your fathers out of this what kind of business is this? <laughs> Coming in to say, and to, and to talk about the things that you did wrong, and we say, no, I am not a tzaddik, that I never did anything wrong. I and all of my forefathers have sinned. He says, What are we mentioning over here? This the, the sin of our fathers, of our parents, of our grandparents, great-grandparents. Says the hele of who we can answer that chata Adam even if a person sins russia mamish don't come into the chuva process mamish you know saying the full thing i it's it's all on me and I'm the one that did it he says if we go in with such an absolute perspective, we can shalom, give um fodder for the mekatrik, for the accusatory force to say see even even they know it. That they're completely responsible. Even they know it. A person has to be aware like we've been building. A person's aware of the choices that we made and the fact that we have free choice. But Also, give yourself a way out. Give yourself a little bit of chizok. Give yourself a broader perspective to appreciate that every person has an akudas habachira. Every person has a place where they are in life where, in that place, they have free choice. But there are so many choices of others that impact and influence where that point of Bechira will be, and that we don't choose. Says the Naim al this is why, before engaging in the Rev Cook-esque. Ashamnu bagnu that heavy awareness it's I who sinned that also has an unbelievably healthy perspective that if it was if it was I that broke things then it's also me who has the potential to fix true but before launching into that we say, this is a long long story it did it begin with me? It didn't begin with my parents. It didn't begin with their parents. Maybe it began with a Holocaust for some families. Maybe it began with pogroms in Poland and in Russia and in Ukraine 250 years ago. Maybe it began with all the different terrible traumatic experiences that our parents and great-grandparents and great-great-grandparents had throughout the exile, ways that have caused them to maybe act toward their children in ways that were in one way or another harmful and things get passed along and passed along and passed along and circumstances we experience in our own youth and development can contribute to certain tendencies and behaviors and ways of thinking and ways of speaking and ways of acting and so on and so forth we come into a and Beganu with a little bit of a bigger perspective we hang the sin so to speak we, we, we tether it to the previous generations we say we did a sin in some ways it was influenced and impacted by the previous generations that they didn't sanctify us in one way or another and not because they weren't well-meaning we don't mean on Yom Kippur to start pointing out all the flaws of our parents and great-grandparents on the contrary we say if, if they didn't have the tools then maybe their parents didn't have the tools. And if their parents didn't have the tools, maybe the generation before them didn't. And each generation is able to say this. It's one long progression. It's one long story. And everything is developing exactly according to plan so that where we find ourselves in this moment through the perspective of Amuna, we can make the next right step. And in so doing, we can cleanse not only our part of the story, our link in the chain, but the entirety of all generations. The This had an impact on us, ribonishalom. This had an impact on our experience of this worldliness. It contributed toward the construction of our obstacles that stand in the way of experiencing life with the broad consciousness of emunah. He says, our forefathers, they've already been cleansed. They're in Gan Eden. Nothing we can say is going to damage them. They're perfectly fine. That we are guilty for everything. No, life is nuanced. It's true that we have um bechira that's true, and we make choices, but, but life is also multifaceted. Life is broad, and life is multifaceted. And therefore, life is multifaceted. So we have this aspect of, It's a bigger story. It's a bigger story. Now with the last few minutes. I know we wanted to leave time for discussion, but I really do want to see this last piece with you. It took a little bit longer. Um, and, I, and I hope, I, is that okay, that we, can, that we can finish this piece? And then it'll be recorded. Whoever is able to stay on for the discussion, great. And whoever isn't, they'll be able to watch the, uh, the rest later. This is really the pinnacle. This, this is really the most important piece I wanted to get to with Hashem's help. Again, there's so much more also. We're just building out this idea step by step by step in a broad way because that's, that's life. Life is multifaceted. This is from a Talmud of Rav Ichemeyer Morgenstern who has a phenomenal set of svarim called Bayam Darkecha. And this is the volume on the Yamim No-Raim. And he says the following, before we start learning inside, I'll just give you what he says in the previous paragraphs. Something akin to what we've spoken about earlier in the context of source number two, that Yom Kippur gives us access to Yechida. It's a day of Ratzon Tov. It's a day that when all distractions melt away and we're not doing anything or going anyplace or eating anything or engaging in the material world, Ki huzeh, not an ounce. It's just a day of Kiddush and, and if the young mothers are not able to be in shul. That's their avoda. And maybe I really should have spoken about that. I'll save that for next year. That's a very high avoda that they get to be able to spend time with their children and to in- embrace that experience that, they're, experience, that they're, they're experiencing, which is the pinnacle of emuna, the pinnacle of understanding that every person is exactly where they need to be as they need to be without trying to change their circumstance. But if we are Zocha to be in Shul, and even if we're not, but if we are, it's a day of yearning. to a day of a, a day of revealing our true Ratzon. We don't want anything else in the world, but you gave us a body. But one day we're freed from the body, but you gave us a body. And even when we have a body on the 364 other days of the year, deep down inside we yearn for you alone. He says this yearning that a Jew has for HaKadosh Baruch Hu it helps us to return in tshuva, and it wipes away all sin. Why? He says the essential blemish of a sin is Adam halach ha-yet-sahara v'azav es HaShem Yisbarach v'eser sin.'" we chose in whatever way we chose and to whatever degree we have free choice and to whatever degree our choices are influenced or not influenced like we just learned, we chose to forsake living with total consciousness of Hashem's presence in that moment of emuna, And we chose to follow the Satan, Yitzhahara, Malach HaMaves, nacha anti emuna, in whatever form in whatever form it is, to do something that was not the Ratzon Hashem. And what emerges in that moment, deeper than whatever it is that we pragmatically did, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu couldn't care one way uh, less about, because it doesn't affect him. Like the Sefer chinuch says, you think Hashem really cares if you shecht a cow by his neck or by his stomach. By Hashem, these things don't, don't impact one way or another. But what lies beyond that is chas v'shalem. And this does matter Tashem, because, so to speak, he's an emotive being. He's a conscious, emotional being, infinitely so, so he's a relational being. That's what he cares about, the relationship. Chas v'shalem, when a person chooses something, in a sense what he's saying is, I don't want you. I don't want you. And that hurts. That hurts maybe even more than any pragmatic implication of a choice that a person chooses in a spousal relationship or in a parent-child relationship. What really hurts, beyond the surface of whatever it was that the person said or did or, or, or caused to happen in the relationship, what hurts is the sense, is the feelings that you don't really care about this relationship. And that is the blemish. And that's where we open the door to the Satan, to the Nachash, that comes in and says, you don't want that relationship, take this relationship. This is the real you, and this is what you want. Let's hang out together. I will be Yom but on the day of Yom Kippur... Misgale, it's revealed, Pnimius, Nishmas Yisrael, is revealed the essence of the Jew that's beyond action, Nefesh. It's beyond speech, Ruach. It's beyond thought, Neshama. It's beyond the Tfisas Olam, the person's worldview, Chaya. It's the essence, it's the essence, it's the essence, the essence of the Jew is revealed, Angim Kippur, Yechidah, where we're shut in, closed in with Hashem. Not closed out. Ne'ilah means to be locked in with God. That place where the Kruvim are perpetually locked in embrace, irrespective of how the Beish Hamikdash is burning all around it. As Chazal described us, at the time of the Khurban, the Kruvim were embracing and removed from the world it's revealed in the life of a Jew in his actions in his words in his thoughts in his life perspective is lit up with this awareness that I don't want anything else the will that I have that sits at the core of my life for which my grandparents and great-grandparents let's cut them a little slack all of our grandparents were are in situations of serious Nefesh, where even if they didn't know how to read Aleph Beis, they gave their lives for you, Mayim. Why? Because life without you is not worth living, but we get distracted because there's a Nachash in this world. But Aimbli Be'nuela Echod. Mordechai Hayyuhudi, say Chazal. And Mordechai, because Purim is connected to Yom Kippur. Yom HaKippurim. Ha-Kippur, it's like Purim. Chazal Darshan, don't read it. Mordechai Hayyuhudi, Ish Yehudi, Read it, Ish Chidi. That to be a Yehudi, to be a Jew, is that you you just have one ratzon, Yechidi, for the Yachid, the Melech, Yachid Chai Ha'ilamim, that I want to be connected, and I am connected, Beshoirish, and I want to reveal that connection. That's the whole purpose of Yiddishkeit in Machshava Dibor Maisa and Meta Maisa, that we called Tvisa The the worldview, is just to reveal this essential Yechidus that we have with Hashem. Mordechai HaYehudi Yehudi that's what Perm's all about. de Malvada, that's what Yom Kippur is all about. Out. And we do tshuva and we rectify, like we said, by doing Hashem. All the ideas that we spoke about prior, we're cleaning house. And we decide A little bit is missing. Who? But I'm, I'm not sure. right? That whatever ideas that the person has for the coming year is going to be just with Hashem. So when a Jew does this and we do chuva and we yearn for Hashem what is revealed is this is the deepest thing of all that the truth is that even in the very moment that I was doing those all I ever wanted was you master of heaven and earth it's not true what it appears to be that because I did this or because I said that or because I thought that that I didn't want you, sheker v'chazav. I love you, I yearn for you, I am one with you, I can't live life without you, and I fell into a lower state of consciousness, but that's not reflective on my true desire, that was the cause of the pigam. Yom Kippur cleans that, because Yom Kippur reveals the part of me that only ever was pure, and only ever will be pure, and only ever is in this moment pure, and it's clarified No Jew ever wanted to sin because it's revealed that on the level of our deepest rut zone even though on one layer it seems to be like yeah we really wanted to do that no on Yom Kippur from that level of clarity if I could live in the Yom Kippur level of clarity every day of the year which I can't because I live in a goof which gives rise to the Nachash and so on and so forth but if I could I would never sin in, in, in the world If I was, at once in my lifetime if I was standing with the clarity of if I had that clarity all, the whole year long, so that my true ratzon would be revealed, and if I could have echoing in my consciousness of niila Hashem ulekim, Hashem You you know that feeling. I know that feeling. It passes very quickly. But if I could have that clarity all year long, I would never sin because that's the real me. And that's really what I want is you, rebanish. Shalom So any action or word or thought that I took or that I did, that I spoke, that seemed to reflect otherwise was Sheker. It's not the deepest truth. It's the external layers that confuse us that cause us to sin. And the, the next piece, we'll just we'll read it outside because we're out of time. I'm not going not gonna to read the Hebrew. I'll just tell you. Kufnan Dalat in the footnote he brings, and I'm happy to send the source sheets for whoever, whoever wants to review it or learn it with anybody. He says the pneemius of this is that even in the moment of sin, what I was really looking for, Rabbanu Shalilam, was you. It's deeper, a layer deeper. Not just that in that moment, I I got confused and it wasn't the real me and I thought that I really wanted that and I I wanted it, but what can you do? But deeper, really, I wanted you. No, even deeper. Be'emes, 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 even in that moment, Whatever I was seeking, whatever validation, whatever physical gratification, whatever emotional uh, 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 support I I was looking for in whatever places I was looking for it, the truth is that even in that moment, I was looking for you. I just didn't know where to find you. And so somewhere inside of me, I felt that what I really wanted in you, I could find in in this or that place that this or that pleasure or that this or that experience was going to satisfy that place inside of me that was yearning. And I thought that, oh, that's what I'm yearning for. But the truth is that was never what I was yearning for because it didn't satisfy me because of what I was yearning for. Even in that moment, Rebbeinu Shalom, was ever, was only ever you. And this is the deepest perspective of vidui that we go through a shamnu, bagadnu, gazalnu. You know what we're really saying? We're saying, Master of heaven and earth, Haligatata. Let me tell you all the places that I looked for you and I I didn't find you. Let me enumerate before you all the different dead ends that I experienced on the journey to you. And Rabbi Nachman of Breslov says in the name of Pinchas Karatzer that that's another reason why Vidoy is Belashan Rabbim. Because whenever a Jew sinned, it was with Hashem That's the and Rabim. Hashem knew we did this together because you were the motivating factor. Because it was you I was looking for, but I looked in the wrong place. And now we go through the Aleph phase, and we go through each and every letter, each and every strata of our journey, and we tell Hashem, it's been such, it's been such a turbulent experience. Let me show you where I ended up while looking for you. But it was only on the surface it appears like I wanted those things. It was just you I wanted. Just you. The light of Nila. The light of Yom Kippur. The light of clarity. Of cleansing. Of cleaning out the four stories of the building we destroyed with the light of the fifth. Slaying the demon, body and soul, individually and collectively through the five Tfilos personal Shemana Esrei, and Chazar we reconnect ourselves to our essence and we carry on into a new year with utter clarity of what we're living for and what it is that we truly desire at the deepest layer of our experience that even though it may get covered over the rest of the days of the year, Yom Kippur brings it back in the greatest, deepest, most profound and glorious way. So I bless us, Ba'ezus Hashem, with the Yom Kippur of consciousness not to simply mutter through the viduyim. There are so many of them and we can feel like it's onerous, it's a chore, it's heavy. Now we have deeper perspectives, more nuanced perspectives, more clarity of what it is that we're accomplishing and ultimately the great joy that must underlie the experience so that when we come out of Yom Kippur in a few days, we zocha to that feeling, that feeling cleansed, cleansed, cleaned out. And we're now ready to interact with the four days between Yom Kippur and Sukkot, which are themselves connected, Yud, Hey, Vav, and Hey. And then we move into Sukkot, to be able to bring that consciousness into the physical world, to build for Hashem a little Mishkan, a little Dir Betachtonim in our lives so that the Spirit, the light of Yichida, can saturate and can illuminate all the four lower levels of our experience, our worldview, our perspective, is just to connect to Hashem and Emunah, our thoughts, our words, and our actions. B'si'ata deShmaya. Thank you so much for joining, for listening. I'm so sorry that I went over time, but I felt like it was really important to just get the whole the whole set of ideas out. And um, and now for anybody who has a couple more minutes, we're gonna hang around for uh, for any questions. But thank you very much. To all of you for coming and for the Chizik mission for making this possible and wishing everybody a gemar simtova and a and a lit up Yom Kippur as a sweet year up ahead. Sure, sure. So on the contrary, on the contrary, the way to understand this is precisely the way that you're saying it. It's really a much longer thing. It's a much longer thing. I'm going to try to be mit samsim because it's a it's a challenging idea, but. First of all, appreciate that it's it's a potentially comforting idea. Okay, before we get into the nitty-gritty of it, and how, it is theoretically potentially comforting to people who feel that the heaviness of the things that they've chosen, when conferred completely to their own shoulders, can theoretically prevent them from moving forward. Being able to say, wow, I can take two steps back and see things in a broader perspective, not pointing a guilty finger at parents and saying, hey, it's all your fault and they're terrible people. No, 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 no. Without doing that, but being able with the, pres- with the prism of emuna, to be able to step back and say, wow, yeah, I have Bahira, but I'm also aware that things have happened in my life circumstantially around me to bring me to the places that I am. And with appreciating that, like you said, and this is the point, that mistakes are meant to be made and that Yom Kippur gives us the ability to bring the light of Hashem into those places, then it's not about pointing a finger and saying, oh, Nebuch, you know, it's terrible. Look where I ended up. But to say, hmm, the Hashkacha pratis of Hashem was at work in my life in a broader way than I even thought. Because it wasn't just that I chose the things that, oh my gosh, like, you know, I could theoretically fall into the darkness of despair to say, I chose that and I'm done. Even if I'm Zokha to recognize that, with the with the with the with with the incredible. Um, healthy perspective of Amuna to say, no, this is actually a good thing, but it's even broader. It's like, no, this is a long story. This is a story that's been going on for generations and all of my parents and their parents and grandparents and great-grandparents, not because of things that they did wrong, that they were terrible people, but because they, like I pointed out, I mentioned, they can say the same thing about their generation and they can say the same thing about the next and the next, all the way back to Adam and Chava and guess what? Adam and Chava can say it about the snake and maybe the snake very deep, can say it about Hashem. Ultimately it's a super long story, and yeah, it's brought us to this place where now we can heal. And when we heal now, from that perspective, it turns out that all of the mistakes were really part and parcel of a very glorious plan. If that if that makes it any clearer, okay? Yeah, yeah, that was. Great. And the- Right. I would say, on the contrary, it's 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 bringing a limut on on all the generation, right? because again, it's not that they they did wrong things. It's that life is multifaceted and and it's a multivariate equation, and yeah, all of us have free choices, but um, you know but but within our circumstances, each of us also have unique challenges that are specific to to us. okay, but it is it is a challenging idea, <laughs> okay, sure. So Khazia Hashem Hashem has sent us very compassionate masters um, who came to the world expressly for that for that purpose, recognizing that this was a possibility that people living in, in later generations might fall into this mistake. To this mistake that um that can't be can't be done as a is a total mistake. And on the contrary, I would say that to use a parable that I've quoted in the past, to sin is to get caught in the web. To despair is to get eaten by the spider. Think about that carefully. To sin, which seems to be the, the worst thing, is getting caught in the web. It's not really where it's at from the standpoint of the satan. Sinning is is, is cute. You know, he gets a person to do a sin. That's getting caught. Okay, but you're still alive. But then he uses that experience of sin chas hashom, to devour you. And that is his point. Okay, The Chazim Lublin says this explicitly. That that is what the Yitzhar wants out of sin. is not the sin itself. But it is to cause the person to give up entirely. Because if he can do that, then it's worth so much more in, in, in his little video game. You know, it just gets a whole lot more points um, because then the person will just never do anything right and will, will continue to do everything wrong. And it's it's totally, it's totally sheker. And, and I'm not going to go into all the sources now. You can take a look at the very beginning of Shari Tshuva from Yona, where where he begins very, very, very clearly with saying, if a person does tshuva, everything is rectified. There's even a Taisvas that talks about a person who creates a mamzer, and there's a Sheita there that says that even when a person's literal avera is embodied in a person that has real ramifications in this world, still there's a way that tshuva can fix even for that. Um, and, and, and most profoundly, I would say that Rav Nassan of Breslov talks in Likuti Alachas about two layers of Torah thought. The first layer is called MS. Truth, and the second layer is called Emes LaAmito, the truest truth or the deeper truth. And Ramban said that anything that you'll find in a sefer that may even be drawing on Chazal, or may be drawing on Psukim in, in torah of that seek to be pushing a person away from getting closer to Hashem one way or another. It may be MS, says Rav Nassin. Maybe there's truth to it on some level, but it's not MS La Amito. Rab says that explicitly. It's not the ultimate revelation of the truest truth. And I'm not going to get into the Kabbalistic structure of how this works. There's a structure called Zayr Anpin, and there in that place there's Midakanegan Mita, and there's Din Torah. And there is a place of Rachamim Gemurim. That's called Atik Yoman or Kesser. In that place, there is no uh, uh, conditionality. There is no, you know, if until here and then after here, you cannot do chuv anymore. In that place, it's v'chanoisi eshashar achayin v'richamti eshashar arachim sechazal. Yeshla Kaddish Baruch Hu Chinam. Hashem has something called, that's called the treasury of unearned gifts, the Aitzer Matnas Chinam. From that place, everything is cleansed. Everything is cleansed. It's beyond even needing to ask for mechilo or cleanse because in that place, there is nothing but God and everything is an illusion anyway. That is only revealed on two days a year, Yom Kippur and Purim, which are the same aspect. Not getting into the whole depth of that now, but that's an important cloud to know. That any Rebbe who tells his student that there are things that you cannot do tshuva for that will cause the person to go into despair, it it might be MS. He can quote it to you from this or that Sefer. It's very cute and it's very fine. It's not MS La'amito. Because the whole purpose of life is that a person should find a way to take a next step forward. How is that going to help HaKadosh Baruch That we we pushed a person down to such an extent that now we're preventing him from doing more. To keep in mind, first of all, that every person is on a journey. And you're, just like you never knew what it was that caused this phase. You never know what it will be that will cause the next phase. That's first of all. And second of all, from the standpoint of Yom Kippur... Even that experience was part and parcel of Hashem's big master plan for, for the world. Even that person's experience, and now what they're going through, and now what they're going to need to, to clarify and cleanse, it's, it's all unfolding in accordance with Hashem's master plan, as difficult and, and incredibly challenging as it might be um, in, in the moment. I, would, I think, humbly, I, I think I would take you know, from within the sheer I would take from within the sources that we learned. There, are, there, are, there are many, many different points that are that are that I think are powerful. You know, bullet point number one: walking a person through the five step, the five stages of, of his or her soul. Um, talking about the difference between the weekday three tfilos, Shabbos or Yante, four tfilos, and Yom Kippur five tfilos, and the way that we get access to the highest part of the soul. Um, and um, you know that 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 can be very powerful to a person to understand. Like this is not a regular day. This is this is uh, gates are opening up into a very very deep place within us. Um, we could we could also talk about the joy of Yom Kippur, the joy of tshuva, and and recognizing what an opportunity this is to literally cleanse and clean and clarify everything that that is wrong. Um, and I would say bullet point number three, um, which which goes hand in hand with the joy, is the recognition of just how sin literally impacts life and i'll just say this and this will end if you magnify one small infraction and you follow it to the end of the road for example a person um is is, is has a yitzahara and, and again it, it could be it's, it's the lines are, are always blurred between mental health and and sin you know it's it's it, and this is the next phase of where things are moving into and we have hinted to that in, in previous year um, but if a, but if a person let, let's just use this as a muscle if a person is is gluttonous right is a, a gluttonous person the person has a itahara for 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 overeating right so if it's just a little bit it's fine it's not the end of the world but everybody knows that little bit by little bit by little bit adds up and on a very literal way if a person will, Will allow themselves with no inhibition and I'm using this as a muscle, right? To engage with this particular behavior even though it may be sinful but there are far, far other things, right? But it's going to kill the person. It's going it's to actually destroy the person. It'll, it'll destroy the person's physical um, uh, body which will impact them on an emotional level which will impact them societally. It's just, it, it, it's a real thing. It's not a, it's not a game, right? To use a, 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 a clearer muscle in the realm of, of Lashon Hara, let's say, a person knows they're not supposed to speak Lashon Hara, they know. And, and, and so uh, one little thing slips one time, but all the while that it's part of a story where like if you take it to the end and you become a person becomes a, a Lashon Hara speaker, the ramifications of that are, are absolutely horrible you know and that's a very real thing so i think people need to understand that hashem didn't put us into this world with restrictions so that we should live some kind of miserable life in this world so that we can benefit in the next world it no no hagadish bar who gave us guidelines to live the healthiest most meaningful most calm least anxious least depressive most optimistic most loving connected productive it's such etc 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 in this world, in this world. That's what Chazal mean when they say, Ashrecha ba'olam hazeh. If a person keeps the Torah properly, fortunate are they in this world. And v'tovlach, it will be good for them. La'olam haba. The way that the Hasidic masters saw it is that olam haba is just a deeper level of olam hazeh. You can access the olam haba consciousness by living aligned consciously in this world, doing what we're supposed to do, which is called mitzvos, which means, Connections, it's all about relationship, letting Hashem into our lives in a more real way, and staying away from chait which means to deviate, to take a step off, or Averas, which means to pass over an opportunity for connection. And the more that we do that, we live aligned, and we have everything that the whole world wants. We're centered, and we're clear, and we're optimistic, and we live life with Amuna. We let go, stop trying to control things, which causes us to feel less guilty about the things that were never our business to try to control in the first place. And we let life happen. And life unfolds and there will be good moments and there will be less good moments. But we're trying our best and we try to live aligned. And slowly but surely, we improve and we become elevated. So those three things, I would say, the importance and significance of Chet, the joy of the opportunity to cleanse and to reset, and the way that we reset by tapping into this fifth and highest and most essential level of our soul, that a Yom Kippur is able to shine forth with such power that it can illuminate our world view right it can help us to see the world in the proper way again and that can cause us to think more properly neshama it can cause us to speak more properly ruach and it can cause us to act more properly nefesh and that's the cleansing that's the cleansing